arrived in another classroom, one so strange and unfamiliar it is scarcely recognizable as reality. Your next stop ahead, the Oddity Film Society. Film Society. Uh, we're still not in the classroom recording, but uh, at least you got us to listen to. Uh, this week we did a double feature, and we watched Queen and Slim, directed by Melina Matsukas, and John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. I'm Thomas. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Thomas. <laughs> I'm Cameron. I'm Dove. Grayson. I'm Parker, I'm new here. <laughs> I'm Hewan. I'm Anderson. Um, are, are we doing a double feature? I'm, I I'm, did watch it, so... <laughs> Neither did I. I helped halfway through it, so... <laughs> Well, I think it's safe to say you watched the correct movie. Yes, I. From what I watched, I. Okay, so uh, maybe we'll retract that double feature and we'll go with the single feature. Uh, but I can talk about Queen Slim a little bit. Yeah, we could do. I wouldn't mind talking about it a little bit. Or we could save it for another time. Like for another movie, or if, if just since we've like I've watched it, would it be okay if we like? Are, do you mean like saving it for like another time when like we would all watch it? Yes. Okay, we could do that. Or like, what else would we save it for? I just mean like we could talk about it now. Mm-hmm. If there's not many people, um, like if it's just me and you and Q and. I was just wondering what we would be saving it for if we weren't saving it for a future podcast. Does, would, would people want to watch the Queen and Slim for another time and then talk about it later, or is it okay if we talk about it now? Well, it's up to you guys. Uh, just, we'll just go I how we feel. Okay. Or we could just hit pause on the podcast, everybody go and watch this two and a half hour movie, and then come back. <laughs> I like that idea. Okay. Oh, we could we could keep the recording going. Actually, we could just record us watching the movie. Yeah, it's a live reaction. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
before we move on, I have something um, sort of exciting. Um, I've got a brown paper bag, and no, it doesn't have alcohol in it. That brown paper bag is somewhere else. It also doesn't have baby parts in it, um, and it reads Grayson's name. Uh, and inside, there is this t-shirt for the club. It says Oddity Film Society with a cassette on the front and on the back it says Film Junkie, which if we wear it around school, I think we'll probably get in trouble for. Uh, and then uh, there's this one here too. Um, one of the classics with the, uh, the kind of film cell with Oddity Film Society and then Real Geek on the back. So um, Grayson, when you can uh, get your carcass into the building, you can find yourself in possession of two swanky t-shirts. Cool. Another arrived. They did arrive, and uh, in the meantime, I'm going to wear them and pretend to be you. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. I'm the only one that can't see Anderson's thing. I can't see You can't see what? Anything? Your camera's off. You. It looks like your camera's off. My camera's on. I can see you, but now I can't. It's like switching back and forth. Well, I just turned it off, and I just turned it back on. It's just a... Oh, there we go. Oh, I see you. Bye. Now I can't see Beverly. Oh, I can see Beverly. I can't see her. I, I don't know what's going on. I see Anderson. Maybe there's only so much beauty that can be captured by teams, and so it's either, like, me or Beverly. <laughs> That's gotta be it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have an idea for Queen and Slim. Okay. What if we did, uh, how would people feel about doing a podcast next week, over the March break? I would be divorced, I think. You guys can do you that. Would... I would find myself divorced. Okay. Is that, is our, like, are you not allowed to do that, or you just don't want to? No, I, I, I wouldn't mind doing it, but my wife would have a huge problem with it. Okay. Does somebody know this story? Is that Kewen? I think it's Chris. No, I don't think oh. so. Oh, sorry. That's okay. If I can find the microphone, I can put myself into a windstorm. Don't find the microphone. Okay, so Parker, uh, this is this is what you've signed up for. <laughs> All right. Where we just this is talk the- incessantly about nothing that matters. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I, I think we, uh, we usually move on to uh, any film news or any, any news in general that anybody might have currently. Anything? I, I, heard, uh, I heard Memento is getting remade. Good. Okay. Uh, we just did that one last year. Do you yeah. know who the director is? Um, Christopher Nolan. He's making a remake of his own movie? That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. Imagine remaking your own movie. I think that's what George Lucas does, isn't it? When he just goes back and tinkers with all of his Star Wars movies? 
Well, Steve Bannon makes his real turn on that when he sells it to a kid. That's true, but he changes the color of the lasers. Yeah, and what he does change somehow makes every single fan mad. <laughs> but he made the prequels were perfect. <laughs> well, I mean, like, the actual existence that he did. He did, like, three or four of them. And they were just, like, he, he made an island, like, it's an extra CGI that didn't look good. And then this whole thing about, uh, who shot first, Han Solo or Greedo, and then, um... It was like, because in the original one, Han Solo pulls a blaster on him and he gets him. And uh, it's like, yeah, it was just like a cool move that he had, he pulled the blaster and got him at the table. But then, in this one special edition, for whatever reason, Greedo shoots and he misses him from like three feet away. And then Han Solo shoots him. It doesn't make any sense and it made a whole bunch of people mad. Oh, what about, what about the new edition where Greedo says, Macronky? Yeah, I didn't think that was George Lucas. I think that was uh, Disney. Apparently that was like this huge thing because they added in Greedo saying McClunky before <laughs> before he. I don't know how you can't just leave it alone. <laughs> what does McClunky mean? Was that like his pet name know. for Han Solo? Were they like an item? I I, I don't even think there's subtitles from from I from what I've seen of it. I don't even think there's subtitles. I think he's Greedo is subtitled throughout that scene, and that's the only thing that isn't subtitled. So I don't know. Well, what could it mean? I, I think probably he found out that Han Solo was cheating on him, and he tried to murder him in a fit of rage, jealousy. Possibly. Mm-hmm. It's the only explanation that really makes sense. Yeah, I buy it. Okay. <laughs> So maybe they're going to go back and they're going to do like another prequel sort of uh, thing that covers Han Solo's relationship with Greedo. Yeah, I mean, they already uh, kind of mined out his whole backstory with the Solo movie, which it wasn't bad. Did you, did you guys see that one, that uh, Solo with Star Wars story? I have it. Yeah, I didn't think it was bad, but oh, I just I didn't like anyone that wasn't Harrison Ford playing Han Solo, and I think that was just in my mind the whole time. It's like it's not him. It's not really him. Would would the would the sequel be called Solo Two Greedy Relationships? Ooh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I, I have not seen Solo. Um, do you think it would have been better if they had somebody do a Harrison Ford impersonation? I think it would have been better if they just didn't do it. Oh. What's that Harrison yeah. Ford play young Harrison Ford? Maybe. Yeah, maybe like a the, like the Irishman, like that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I would watch that. I don't know. Like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It had... I'm not going to spoil anything, but there was a cool part at the end, but uh, it, it wasn't awful. It's just, I don't know, Harrison Ford is just Han Solo, and that's it for me. Hmm. Cameron, have you finished watching The Irishman? No. No? Okay. <laughs> it's a good movie. I liked it, though. I made, it, I made a joke to Cameron once. As I, had, um, I think it was, a, it was like a discussion post for a school or something. You were talking about their favorite director and it was Martin Scorsese. Is this the right thing we're talking about? Not, not a favorite director. That was just my ISC topic. <laughs> oh, okay. It was just a, a director. And then I made a, a 
I joke about like I can't wait for the for the extended director's cut of The Irishman, which is already like how long is it? Like three and a half hours or something? Yeah, it's it's at least so. Yeah. It feels longer. <laughs> I didn't think so. I don't know. I thought it was an easy watch. Yeah, me too. I don't get all the people talking about it. it was, I was really interested in it. I'm not into like mobby stuff, but maybe I'll go back and watch. I know I say that every podcast, but someday it'll happen. Who is your favorite director? Um. I don't know, it used to be Wes Anderson, but then, I don't know, I just kind of, whatever movie I like, I like. I've just stopped being so pretentious, oh. and like, I have to like this person because they're cool. <laughs> but, I think the most amount of movies I've seen from one director is probably like, Tarantino, but, Why have you seen so many Tarantinos? What? Why have you seen so many Tarantinos? Because they're not on Netflix. Okay. So, speaking of Netflix, uh, in Segway, uh, they are going to be developing Knives Out sequels. I saw that. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. I don't know how I feel about that, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I really, I'm really for it. I think that um, that uh, they they can they just bring back John Craig. You don't need to bring back everyone else. But have him kind of be like a I don't know, like a he kind of like Sherlock Holmes, where he has different tastes and stuff like that. Like uh, completely different. But I don't know. I like that character enough. And uh, well, I like the whole movie. But um, I think he'd be a good one to bring back. I think that's a good idea, like bringing it back so that it's more like different cases and not we're just following the same family for three movies yeah well it wraps it it wraps the story up pretty well at the end of the yeah you could do like an anthology series just with the one reoccurring character but yeah how I think that's what they were going cast that cast is pretty stellar so like I feel like you're never going to get a second one that's like just as good if you're not using the same cast, if that makes sense. You could just get a bunch of J.K. Simmons yelling at each other. <laughs> That's how you do it. No. And it. And it can tie into the to the 12 Angry Men reboot uh, universe. True. True. I, uh, my problem, I think, or my... Uh, trepidation with doing something with Knives Out. I, I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was a, a really fun whodunit uh, mystery. I don't know if I have a lot of faith in Netflix to develop something fantastic. Yeah. I, is it Ryan Johnson doing it again, or is it... I don't know. Um, he's he's alright. Um, I, I don't think I love anything that he's done. Um, I'm not sure if anybody's really attached um, specifically to it. I saw that Daniel Craig was attached. Like, I didn't read it, but I saw it. 
and Okay, and I see Ryan Johnson is he's attached to it somehow. I don't know if he's directing or, or maybe producing. But I, I don't think anything would make any sense if it doesn't follow the detective. I don't see a, a reason why we would follow any of the other characters. Mm-hmm. The only other characters I could see maybe coming back, unless there was, like, Ransom in jail, unless you got, like, Chris Evans to come back for, like, for some reason, and then, like, you see him in jail, but maybe the two police officers that are working with Daniel Craig in that movie. Yeah. You could. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked them. They added to it. There was the um, the one guy from um, Get Out. I liked him quite a bit. And I think he was in Sorry to Bother You as well. I don't know. Uh, that was my news. Does anybody else have anything to, uh, to bring up? I have a few things. Okay. Um... <laughs> I picked over my water bottle. It was closed this time, so it's okay. Um, there was a trailer for the Space Jam 2. Um, I'm not super interested in, in it, but like, I, haven't, I, haven't, I don't think I've seen the first one even, but it's, it's introducing a bunch of Warner Bros. Uh, characters like all throughout the years and like in the background of one shot in the trailer you see the like Danny DeVito, Tim Burton, Penguin. Oh yeah. But it's not it's not even like uh, I guess the uh, there's a scene in in the I know it's Batman Returns, which is the one that Danny DeVito Penguin, but he's like a mayor. He's got like all this mayor clothing on because he becomes the mayor of Gotham City. But at the end he kinda has like long johns on and he's like puking up like blood and bile, it's weird, but it's that version in the trailer. I don't know if he's got the blood or anything in his mouth, but it's that, like, long drawn version of, like, at the very end of Batman Returns, which is, I think, kind of a funny, I think that's kind of funny that that's the one they picked. Yeah. I, I think who else does... There we go. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Um... <laughs> <laughs> We just have an entire podcast of, oh, no, you go. 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 Okay. I just think it's funny that, uh, I think I like that addition that it's like the weird death scene penguin is the look that they chose. Um, Yeah. I really love this movie, so that's really why Batman and then Batman Returns, like, I really love them there. I would, um, Michael Keaton's my favorite Batman, and those movies are so good. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I, I wonder if this might be, like, a background Easter egg or what, because they all looked like, like, there was, like, Jack Nicholson Joker, and then I think the Brit Ward Robin was in there, too. It's, and it just all, like, like, it would take it from other stuff, so it might just be, like, a, a background thing. Yeah, I think there's, like, Pennywise and... The mask, and there's like all kinds of characters. Um, but that's like weird for a children's movie, eh? Pennywise? Yeah. Um, on some maybe uh, sadder news, uh, the actor Yafik Koto passed away, um, and the actress Jessica Walter from, uh, uh Jessica Walter was, was in, uh, 
Arrested Development, and Yafit Koto played Parker in Alien. He was also, um, he was, uh, um, uh, yeah, Commander in, um, Live and Let Die. Really great movie. It's bad. I, I like that one. I actually ordered a shirt for that movie not too long ago. It's coming in. I also found out that Chorus Leachman passed away this year. Um, which is unfortunate for all those, all those people. It's unfortunate that they passed away, but hopefully it was on good terms and all that. Um, um, I guess, oh, a question. Because I think it's come the next time that we do a recording, I think it will be the week that 420 has happened. And I remember when I was in grade 9 that we did this, we talked about what would be a good movie to watch when you're high. So I, I thought I'd bring that up as like just a reminder, like, would people want to do that next podcast? I would like to clarify that we will not be doing any drugs. No. So no, we will not be no, getting no, high. No, just a little hypothetical. Not, none of that. I just talking about like like last when we did it when I was in grade nine. We talked about like I think I I think Hunter brought up like the the weird light scene from the end of Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey with all the flashing colors. I think I had that weird scene from Doctor Strange when he, like, was, like, flying around the universe and there was, like, hands coming out of fingers and stuff. Do people want to talk about that when that thing rolls around? So just trippy scenes? Or just what I, I think what, I think what we, in grade nine, what it was, it was, will be, like, the, the best thing to watch where you were trippy or... Uh, or like the worst thing to watch when you were trippy. Okay. Like when you were tripping out, <laughs> not to when you were trippy. I, uh, I know that we talked about movies that made us feel like we might be on some sort of illicit substance. Um, and I think we did that when we talked about uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Uh, we could watch an entire trippy movie, like Brazil. Maybe. Or it could just be one of those little quick things we talk about. Like, what would, what would be a, a good movie to watch when we were high? Hypothetically. Uh, good like, trip, bad trip movies? Yeah, yeah. Like, something that, like, would freak you out. Okay. Or that would be, like, common or whatever. I, I'm not really sure of the effects of what that would be. Um. I also saw, uh, maybe I'll talk about this one, things I watched. Um, I guess I, I have a question for people. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's the most shocking or effective movie you've seen? Well, shocking and effective seem like very different things. So shocking or effective. I guess like, or like Shocking. What's the most shocking movie you've seen? Like the entire movie or a movie that has a, a shocking scene? Or a, sh- a shocking scene or shocking scenes or even if it's just one scene that it like, it affected you for the whole movie. I have a few. Uh, there's a scene in American History X. 
early on where somebody... The purpose oh, story is true, and all those kids were murdered here. Why haven't they torn down Stanley Hall? Because the stock... Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, did you hear that? No, you didn't hear it? Okay. Uh... I, I was trying to uh, see something that I had watched, and I went to Netflix and started running the uh, the little trailer thing. Um, so, in American History X, about uh, five to ten minutes into the movie, there's a curbing uh, scene, and uh, they set it up in a way that I, when I was watching the movie, I, I was sure that they wouldn't show it, because they had... Uh, one actor uh, holding a gun to another actor's head and, and he tells them to uh, open their mouth and get down on their knees and put their mouth around a curb and given the detail that they went into for, went into it with, I assumed that we wouldn't see it, it would, they'd be interrupted or, or it would cut away and it didn't and, uh, and you see it happen and I found that really shocking and it was hard for me to move beyond that. So there's that scene. You turned me back to great mind, and I've been scared to watch that movie ever since. Well, I, I, I haven't seen it, but I didn't think that they showed it. No, they, they show it. it. It's not graphic, but they show it. Um, they pull back, and it's a, a long shot-ish. Um, and and just seeing it, and, and because I, I kind of stored myself for, for them not to show it because I thought like you know like five to ten minutes into a movie you're not going to see something like that um, and then you do the movie is an interesting thing to watch as well because the the director uh, the film was taken away from him because he took too long to edit it and so you get kind of like a, a studios arrangement of the film that somebody else had put together so it's it's really neat um, other shocking scenes. I can go with Hereditary, but yeah. I'll skip over that. Um, there's a scene in Apocalypse Now that is very... Uh, it, it filled me with panic when I watched it. And it's, um, it's just when they're going down the river and they get to a bridge that's being defended. Um, so you have uh, American troops... Um, in conflict with uh, Vietnamese troops and nobody knows who's in control it's just chaos so this this boats coming down the river and they need to find this one um, general I think and uh, and they're trying to track him down and so when the Americans find the other Americans they're, they're just trying to figure out who's who's in charge and nobody's in charge and it's just chaos that uh, that was pretty harrowing as well Shocking scenes, shocking um, movies. I don't personally have a, like a shocking scene, but my dad told me that when he first saw Scarface, the chainsaw scene really scared him. Like when he was younger. I can see that. That's one of those things where it's like you don't see it, but you see it. You hear it, and. And there's visuals, but it's not 
explicit, but at the same time it is, just because of what you put into, like, what your, how your brain perceives it. Yeah. Thomas, do you have an answer to the question that you asked? Um, I mean, if other people want to go, I don't mind waiting until the end. Last year, it's not the most shocking moment, but more so, um, so I know you guys were talking about Midsummer uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, my friend had recommended to, recommended it to me, but didn't tell me what it was about, so I went and watched it completely blind, and I watched it with my sister, thinking it was just like a regular run-of-the-mill horror movie, and um, I was just like, oh god, really off guard by it, it was an experience. There's a movie called Sleepaway Camp, uh, which is a basic slasher movie um, where kids are at a camp and somebody keeps on knocking people off one at a time. And the uh, the final shot of the scene is is pretty shocking, where you see uh, the murderer holding a knife, and um, it starts at. Uh, the face of the murderer, and it's a, uh, a girl, a girl that uh, is kind of positioned almost as the victim of the movie, and she's been the one killing everybody, but then the camera pans down, and you see that she is not wearing any pants, and she has a um, the anatomy of a, a guy, and that was a little, a little shocking. This would be considered shocking, um, but it like I guess it would be. I recently went back to a game that I really enjoyed called Iconoclast, and there's a part at the ending where um, there's this character named Royal, and he's kind of been put down by a lot of other characters throughout the game because he's. Kind of, he was sheltered for most of his life, so he never really experienced any hardship. And he's trying to make up for what he did by talking to this god uh, that, like, he reveres, and um, he ends up just angering it, and it breaks a hole in this space station that you're in, and then like it cuts back to gameplay, and you pick him up, and he's belittling himself as you're trying to carry him to an escape pod and then you just get to this doorway and the automatic uh, sensor is ripped off of its panel and the uh, vacuum from space is pulling the sensor back a couple feet and you're forced to just leave him there to die and the moment I saw it I was like oh god I'm gonna have to let this man die <laughs> It was probably the biggest emotional feeling that I've gotten from video games before. Sounds good. You described that very well. Yeah. I wish I saw No Country for Old Men without reading the because I think the scene where Llewellyn is found dead, I think I would have found that very shocking.
Well, is Tom still here? I'm still here. I was just waiting to see. Is there anybody else who's got movies or movie scenes that have shocked her? Yes. I just found one. The entire human centipede movie. Pause it so many times, just like stop and look away. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I thought that um, uh, in Joker when um, uh, Robert De Niro gets shot by him, I thought that was a pretty shocking scene. How it looks like they're kind of real and uh, it was very sudden. And he, he, I don't know, I never watched it as a I've told Thomas about this probably like five times because he does like that movie. But um, oh, yeah, I have to do it again. But uh, I remember just kind of like being a little um, like on edge the whole that entire scene and just kind of like knowing something was going to happen. And then it did happen. It was just, I don't know. I, I haven't, I can't think of any scenes from any other movies that have um, had that same effect on Yeah, that whole movie, I, I like stress that even entire bag of popcorn. Right. And I love it because, yeah, I, I remember walking into the theater and I was like, okay, I just need to process this. Just to uh, understand what I just watched. I, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would, but it's, it's an alright movie. I, I kind of, I had low expectations for it. I, I thought it was not going to be great, but I'll go see it because it's the Joker. Yeah. I liked it. It's not, I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie, but I, um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think I went into it with kind of high expectations after the trailer. Um, I guess, I remember seeing the first mi- Go ahead. Oh, I was I was gonna move on to my thing, but if you want to finish up real quick. Okay, yeah, yeah, man. Um, one that uh, I guess something shocking was the movie No Country for not No Country for Old Men, Children of Men. Um, is the scene? Okay, it's that it's that one sh- it's the one shot in the car. It's like a five minute long one shot of like these group of people and they're driving in a car they're going down this kind of like long winding road that's in like a forest and they're, I think they're going to somebody's house and then all of a sudden this like flaming car comes like rolling through the trees and then all these people start like surrounding the car as they're driving um, uh, and then like trying to like kill the people in the car like it's like it's like so many people and I think that is like the closest I've felt to like fear while like watching a movie like that scene was like it affected me and like and like just a bit I was like oh my gosh this is so like overwhelming what is happening right now and like everybody like in the car arguing and then like one of the person they get like shot and it's, and it's all done in like one take, and I think it, it, it really, I think if it was broken up, it wouldn't have been as effective. It's, it's, a, it's an impressive scene. Um, I guess a quick mention, the telephone pole scene in Hereditary. You know, going into that, not knowing that was going to happen, that took me off my feet and really freaked me out. <laughs> um, 
And for Beverly, that's one of the funniest scenes that she's ever witnessed. And then, I guess, uh, I won't spoil it here because I've told a couple people they should watch this movie. I won't completely spoil it, but um, the stomach scene in Green Room, really, that, <laughs> I think the people who were there in the, in the, in the room when we watched it last year can and so if we say that, that one affected me. I made a noise and I had to look away. But I can't think of many times where that's happened. It's really, good standing movie. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw it too. Uh, I started thinking about... Uh, when you mentioned Children of May, I thought of uh, Mother, the Darren Aronofsky movie. There's a, a scene in that, uh, the, the whole movie is, is sort of bizarre, um, and, and most of his films have uh, sequences that are very challenging to watch. Black Swan does as well, um, and if you go back to his first major uh, film, Requiem for a Dream, I don't think that I've seen a movie that has been more challenging to watch for me. It, it was... It's a story about drug addiction, and it's filmed in such a kinetic way. It uh, It's very effective, and uh, after about the first 15 minutes, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get through it. And I did. Uh, it, it may be the most horrific thing that I've ever seen. So, uh, what have we watched? I think I only have one thing. There, I think there's a documentary I watched, but I forget what it was. Um, but uh, one thing that I did watch that I can't forget that I watched was Zack Snyder's Justice League movie. All 79 hours of it. And uh, it... It's okay, I guess. It, it makes more sense than the original. Um, and character motivation is easier to understand. Oh, my beautiful wife just bought me a coffee. I love you. Um, and uh, so it, it, it seems a little bit more logical. Uh, the story progresses in a... In, in a way that I could follow, uh, which I couldn't with the the first Joss Whedon one. Uh, but it's just boring. It's, it's too packed with stuff that I just couldn't really care about. And the action is tedious. Um, and it just feels like a, a movie that's attempting to connect the dots. I, I didn't really like a lot of it. I thought it was pretty ugly as well. I'm not crazy about a lot of the, the designs on any of the characters. Uh, Cyborg looks, I don't know, just overly designed, and so does um, the uh, Steppenwolf villain, and Batman looks like he's just incredibly rooted out. I, I wasn't a big fan of, of much of it, but it's probably more effective than the, the other version. So that's me. That's what I watch. 
I'm going to try to figure out what else I watched, but I have to get better at using uh, Letterboxd. Oh, by the way, follow me on Letterboxd, John Anderson. Follow me on Letterboxd, Cameron Should we take a, um, a, a, a quick hiatus on what we watched? Because I, I finally got uh, Letterboxd. I noticed you're not following me, Thomas. Yeah. Parker, I noticed that you're not following me, and I'm currently teaching you. Uh, I could find a couple extra percent to go into your mark, you know, just maybe. So I'm using the Android of this, and I'm good one. Okay. So this is, this is like uh, Captain America Civil War. Are you on, on Team Anderson or Team Furlong? She's wearing. Is your hat scented? No, but that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> so I currently still have 19 followers. I have 22. Oh, jeez. Is it Cameron? Is yours C A M R O Y N F U R L O N G? Is that how you spell your name? Yeah, should be. So. Now people are going to be stalking you because your full name has been said and spelled out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not that. That's You can censor it or, or cut it out. <laughs> if that's if that if I shouldn't have said that. No, I don't care. <laughs> Anyways, I can't find you. Can find you um. We yeah. have a lot of cameras. I have a trademark them at the end, and Emma Watson is my personal picture. Let's see. Do other people, maybe while I'm looking for this, I think they what they've watched. I think it's you next. I think I've watched. Can I skip to the end? Of course. Sydney, what have you watched? Um, like Cameron and I were talking about earlier, we watched uh, Minority Report with Tom Cruise. Um, I'm not an action movie kind of person or a Tom Cruise kind of person, but I enjoyed it. It, it was a fit. It was pretty okay. I love it. Sorry, I'm, I'm, we've been watching multiple sexy time scenes with our entire class. Yeah. In Minority Report? Reading the book, 
one kind of pretentious, and if I read the book first and then watch the movie, I never appreciate the movie as much. Okay. I do it the other way around. That's weird. I either have to read the book first, or if I'm watching the movie first, I have to wait a while to get everything before I read the book. True. I don't like watching the movie first, because then I have to actively try to envision things differently when I'm reading the book. I feel like I'm I'm fighting my imagination. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay reading the book and imagining um, Kira Knightley. That's fine with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Um, that's what I watch. I've been watching Bob's Burgers. That's my go-to on my lunch break at work. I just go hide in my car and watch Bob's Burgers. I'm been watching it too. <laughs> Are we the same person? <laughs> We've been watching, I think, the last season. The latest season. I don't think we watched it before. Um, and who are your favorite characters? Jean. Jean? Yeah! I love them all, and I feel like they're my family. Yeah, I love all of them so much. Linda is like Tassie, and Xander is like Tina, and Keaton's like Jean. Aww. That's cute. Who are you like? Beth? I don't know. I'm not, I not I do the cooking. I'm not sure I'm particularly Bob-like. Yeah, you wouldn't work. Oh, I, we've been watching Shit's Creek. Oh. Oh, that's also good. Yeah, it's, it's very Canadian. I like it. I, I, it's not... I don't find it really hilarious. But it's sweet. There are some really great relationships in this show. Okay, Cameron, what have you watched? I watched Harry Potter and the Death of Thomas Part 2 twice in 18 hours. Because? I freaking love that movie so much. Like, so that was that, okay, for those new to the podcast, this is my first time going all the way through Harry Potter, and uh, when I tell you that I cried so hard, I was talking to myself throughout the entire thing, like saying lines, and just being so excited, and then so every movie I've been disappointed because they've left something like really huge out. But when they did Snape's memories correctly, I just wanted to just break down on the floor and just cry. After all this time, oh my gosh, don't even get me started. But it's not, okay, so my top two movies are Prisoner of Azkaban and Death of Hallows Part 2 and then my least favorite movie of all of them is Death of Hallows Part 1 so I just think that's interesting but this is a sign to go read and watch Harry Potter I'm the exact same box set of the books as you do behind you 
Because <laughs> <laughs> you are the same person. Exactly. Living the same life. Um, I was born and get um, birth child and fantastic beasts because I want to have a physical copies of everything on my Kindle. But we just went into lockdown, so I don't have to wait. Um, I wasn't planning on reading Curse of Child, the poet, but I was on Megalit, and there was like a really weird spoiler, and I don't know if it was a, a typo, but I'm really curious. Can I say it? Like, is it a spoiler? I'm going to say it. It's been out for a while. I think so. Yeah, but... So apparently Psychic Duty kills Mother Longbottom, and Psychic dies in the fourth book, obviously. So I'm really curious as to either how that plays out, or if that's a typo. Um, so that's really my only motivation for, for reading it, but... Anyways, uh, Sounds like a fan fic. That's what I thought too, but it's on Mother Red, it's on like the... Like, uh, I checked multiple websites and it says that Neville dies at the hands. I haven't read The Curse Child, but my sister in law did. And if I remember correctly, there's like a kind of like a time travel element like that comes back like it did in Was It Prisoner of Azkaban that they did a little bit of that? Yeah. But that kind of comes back a bit, I think. Oh. See, but still, I still want to see how that plays out. Yeah. Because I feel like they have no relation um, to each other. In God of Fire, but so yeah. Um, but other than that, I didn't really watch anything besides my movie report. Um, I finished the first Percy Jackson book. Um, it was okay. I am not in no rush to finish the series, but I'll definitely go back and read the other ones. Um, and then I'm reading a book right now called The Shadows Between Us or something like that because it's my first time reading my own solo book. And it's not as good as people say it is. Um, but that's fine. <laughs> Beverly. Um, okay, so I watched Seaspiracy, which is a documentary with a really dumb name. Um, but yeah, after watching, I decided I'm never reading fresh again. So, I'm ready for Shamer. Um, and then I watched What Did You Do on YouTube. Also, the platform which my brother forced me to watch and he told me to talk about on here, but I don't know what to say. So, is it <laughs> Yeah, it's like a kind of like a prison thing, but I think you might volunteer to go there or something, and there's only spoilers. There's like a hole that goes down the middle of them, and like a platform comes down with food. But then, like, everyone in the world gets like no food because everyone up top eats it all. So, to like solve the problem, the guy threatens to like crap all over the food if they don't start like portioning it. So, yeah. It looks like an interesting It looked interesting. Yeah, it was good. I'd probably end up watching it again to like understand it a little better. So I would recommend it. And then after that I watched a very interesting movie called Goat Story. 
I don't know how to explain it. Um, the plot. Well, it's a movie, so I'd watch it again, like, a million times. I found it pretty strange, but maybe that's what I'm kidding. Um, and then I watched Ringing Bell, which is a short animated movie about a sheep who basically lost to be a wolf. And then also I was familiar and jumbled up with my little sister. And that's everything. <laughs> which Jungle Book? The live action? Uh, no, the, like, cartoon one. Okay. Thanks. Grayson. Uh, I've been watching, uh, it's kind of like a YouTube TV show. Uh, it's called, it's Matthias's, uh, 863 Key Series. And it's kind of like, um, it's about a YouTuber who, he's finding stuff in his, the place where he works and does his YouTube videos, and, and it's, uh, like he's solving a mystery that was left there from previous tenants and stuff, and it's, uh, it's kind of interesting for a YouTube-done TV show. Grayson, as soon as you, as soon as you said that, I was like, huh, I, I was like, I wonder if I'll bring up the thing I was watching, and it's, and it's also that, uh, How did you feel about it? That... I think it's interesting. I didn't... It's, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I'm, I'm following along with the story as it, as it comes out. Um, yeah, I know it's, it's pretty good, I think. Yeah, I found it was definitely, like, unique for something done on YouTube, because every episode, um, it has, like, a YouTube thumbnail and title. But, mm -hmm. Like, if you're used to YouTube, you'll see, like, the, like, red arrows pointing to things, and, like, the titles being, like, We Found. Yeah. And, yeah. Wow. It's, it's a pretty good mystery thing. I mean, they always end off on a cliffhanger, right? Yeah. Wow. But, yeah. Um, besides that, I've been watching The Fly in Return of the Fly, which, uh, which, uh, I like the fly, I like the, uh, like, the science fiction aspect to it, and the, like, whole, like, tele, like, the guy's trying to learn how to make teleportation, and, like, you see him, like, have his faults with it, and he fixes it, and tries again. So this is the David Cronenberg one? The, uh, the more recent one? Uh, Jeff oh, Goldblum? I forgot there's two... This is the the older one, I believe. The older one, okay. With Vincent Price. Yes. Yes. Yeah? Okay. And um, yeah, it was really, really like really well done for its time, like with all the science fiction stuff and uh, the idea of like teleportation, and then I'm trying to like teleport, but then crosses with the fly, so, and, but, uh, the second one, I kind of, I wasn't a big fan of how they kind of went from the whole, like, science fiction aspect to more the, the plot of, like, someone trying to steal the design and mm -hmm. covering it up, um, 
think you'll watch the the newer ones? Um, probably in the future, but I got a couple things that kind of want to see. Okay. They're um, they're pretty gross. Well, the the David Cronenberg one is pretty pretty gross. I think Thomas would appreciate the the effects. Yeah, I've seen some of the stuff, and it's pretty pretty gruesome stuff, but it's talent. Like you can tell, like talent. It's talent has been put into it. Mm-hmm. Or hard work, I guess, is maybe makes more sense. Hard work has been put into it. Alright, Parker, what have you watched? I started to watch, I didn't really like it. Um, I guess the X Men going through all the X Men movies. I haven't seen them before. I see. I don't remember everything that I hadn't seen them because I looked super good movies. Like, did you finish it? I, I was just, uh, I was agreeing with you. I was commiserating about how horrible X3 is. Kelsey Grimm is pretty good, yeah. The sense that I got from X3, I don't know if it's because David Singer... David Singer? No. Brian Singer. um, That he left to do Superman Returns, and they were scrambling. I don't know if that's the reason, but the plot just felt like they threw a bunch of stuff together and just thought they could distract the audience into thinking that they were seeing something epic just by killing off characters. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, what I had to, I think you're right. So, I've got, um, Days of Future Past, I think we're gonna do next, so I heard that one's better. And, uh, I'm, I'm not too familiar with the comic story, but I, I know a little about it, so, uh, it'll be a fun one to see. Have you seen First Class? Yeah, that was the first show we watched. Uh, um, yeah, I liked that one a lot. I thought that one, so I read some of those 50s X-Men comics, and I thought that that one was, like, really close. Even, like, the, like, the, the, um, nuclear weapon stuff that were featured in that one were kind of common to the, uh, comics in that era. I thought it just got the spirit of those ones really well. But they repurposed them, too. Uh, one of the things that's neat about the X-Men movies is they didn't shy away from altering things. They're like they're doing a spin. It's like a it's a movie take on it instead of trying to adhere to the comics. They play it kind of loose with the source material, which I think can be interesting. Um, and did yeah, you pass? Sometimes I sorry. Sometimes I don't like to be changed, and then sometimes I do. Like an example of what you should never change is taking Uncle Ben out of Spider Man, like they did in the new ones, which are awful and horrible. Um, but you shouldn't change that. But like, yeah, I I uh, I have no problem with changing things and making it better. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the like X One and X Two? I I liked the second one. Um. The first one is pretty good too. Uh, I like um, Patrick Stewart as uh, Professor X and uh, Ian McKellen as Magneto with both both good, good performances. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why if um, Professor X has gone up in New York isn't uh, like his British accent. <laughs> yeah. I think it has more to say maybe about Patrick Stewart's inability to do an American accent than it does 
the character of Professor X. But Ian McKellen is outstanding. Um, yeah, he's a great actor. And uh, X2, for a long time, I think that was one of my favorite superhero movies. It felt like they, they had to do one to introduce things, and as soon as they, they kind of got the characters and the, the premise of the universe out there, X2 just sort of starts, um, and it, it doesn't really let up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the pace was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, you know what I thought of that? I thought that um, Beast looked horrible. Looked horrible. In X2? I think it was just in the center. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not sure if I loved him in uh, the way that he looked in First Class, though, either. It just felt rushed. But it's neat that they mm-hmm. came off that. I think it was a disappointment all the way around. And uh, and then did this weird kind of prequel stuff. It's it's interesting that they could salvage it in, in such a... Like, yeah. Yeah. I was just saying about that. Uh, there were plans for... Uh, Thomas probably has, because I think there and uh, Mr. Sunday movies have talked about it but there were plans in the 2000s to merge uh, the X-Men, X-Men and Fantastic Four series and they're going to have like, a crossover line I, it was a while, it's been a while since I looked at it but it was just interesting to think and then um, also uh, Hugh Jackman was uh, going to appear in Spider-Man or 2 but it didn't end up happening hmm. I didn't so know. it would have been like MCU before the MCU. That's neat. Okay, moving on to... Are you done, Parker? No. Okay, uh, QN, what do you got? So, I haven't been watching much, but last week I watched with my mom the uh, Unbreakable Trilogy. Okay. Um... I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really neat take on superhero movies. Uh, what did you think uh, of the I last mean, one? A lot of people were disappointed with the uh, the Glass movie. Um, I I actually really liked the Glass movie. I could understand why people were disappointed in the ending, though. Um, it wasn't completely satisfying, but for the movie itself, I quite enjoyed Glass. Okay. Um, I've been, I went back to Iconoclast, as I talked about before, and I put it, um, on a special mode to get the achievement, where if I got hit, I would just die, so that was very difficult. Um, and I've been playing, uh, Doom Eternal, which is the sequel to the newer Doom games, um, at first, I, I wasn't sure if I was a fan of it, but when I got the hang of like balancing all of the different tools that they gave you for uh, slaughtering demons, it got really fun, so I've been enjoying that. Uh, and I've actually been 
reading a book series called Chainmen. I've gotten to the third book, and I've got the fourth coming. It's the uh, manga series. That's been quite good. Yeah. Okay. Does anybody want to add anything before we move on to our feature review of Big Trouble in Little China? I think did Sydney did Sydney go? Yep. She was Pride and Prejudice and she gushed all over it. I'd like Kieran. Oh, sure. Kieran Knightley is a fetching young lady young lady. Well maybe not young anymore, but I guess I guess I'll go then. I um I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, as much of that as there is three episodes at the time of recording now, but there'll be a fourth one out tomorrow. Um, me and this, Mr. Anderson were actually talking about, uh, was a week or so ago, about the kind of touching on uh, racism against uh, black people in the show. I was talking about a uh, uh, kind of reminded me of Watchmen, but uh, I don't know what it, I think Mr. Anderson, he didn't. Uh, maybe you can provide detail on that and like what you thought about it. Uh, it seemed, I don't know where they're going to go with it, uh, but it seemed a little light and I felt like it was a little shoehorned in. Uh, I think Watchmen dealt with it holistically. It seemed like Watchmen's almost whole purpose was to deal with prejudice in general um, because like every episode kind of dealt with a different version of it and we would jump through time and get different examples of it whether it was prejudice against um, color of skin or, or sexual orientation um, where Winter Soldier it it felt a little bit like they were putting it in because they felt like they needed to maybe because it's a it's a relevant topic today um, I know you really liked the element of bringing in a a black super soldier. The, yeah, you, you, I thought that was interesting. I think that's something from the comics. I think uh, there was the scene when they left that house and the police showed up, and that just seemed really rushed. I'm not exactly sure why the police would be there at that time, how they would get there, um, and maybe that kind of added to the element of, um, of it feeling like they were just positioning it for the sake of positioning it. But I think any time we can deal with a, a problem like that, particularly a problem that, that is definitely uh, timely, but I think a lot of people look at it as we've come a far way and it's not as much an issue anymore, but it's, it, it's not solved, just like... Um, looking at the equality or, or inequity between uh, genders and, and sexual preferences, I, I think is not, we haven't fixed that problem yet. I think anytime we can raise awareness and point out those things, and if you can use a superhero movie or superhero television show to address those issues, I think it's it's interesting. Watchmen, if anybody, the TV show for Watchmen is good, but just overall recommendation if you haven't seen it it's, 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 a, it's a good show 
It, I agree. It, I think it's very good. I think it uh, it goes beyond what a superhero television show needs to be, and it, it did more, much more. Mm-hmm. Um, I also finished off Last Man on Earth, the TV show. Um, it's a good show. Um, I think there's only one thing that can be said to fully, completely sum it up, and some people will get this reference if they've seen the show, and some people will be confused and not know what the heck I'm talking about, but I'm going to go for it anyways. It truly was the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> I also watched, uh, I think uh, the director is from Prague, Jan Schwankmeier. Um, his, it's a surreal claymation called Darkness Light. Darkness, light, darkness. It's about like a bunch of body parts coming together to assemble a person in this like small room. It's it's strange, but it's 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 pretty good, I guess. Um, it also did a pretty uh, interesting uh, one called Manly Games, which I've talked about previously in previous years on the podcast. Um, that's another weird but strange one. Um, I've been watching Kim's Convenience, the newest season of that. It's a Canadian show. That's pretty cool. It's, 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 it's a fun show. Um, and one of the characters in it is actually going to be uh, the main star of an upcoming MCU movie, which is cool to see. Uh, so, like a Canadian. You know, kind of, I guess, not that they didn't already have their foot in the door, but, like, to get some, like, a big project like that and be, like, the main star is cool. And another character is actually in that Star Wars show, uh, The Mandalorian, which is cool. Um, that's a good show. I would recommend it if you haven't seen it. Um, I also I've started rewatching Lost. It's been a quite some time, several years since I've seen it, but I get why I got into it in the first place when I first watched it, because it is, it's pretty intriguing. Um, and then, this isn't something I've watched, but I saw a trailer for it, and it looked pretty good. It's a, a Netflix cartoon series called City of Ghosts, and it's just like about a bunch of kids who are like, uh, looking around and like, like, I guess like hunting for ghosts in their city. It just looks like a really kind of adorable show. Like the kids actually seem to be voiced by kids, and they're like young kids, so it's, it's it looks like it's gonna be, it looks like a funny, you know, adorable show. Um, kind of quirky, I guess, but it, it looks like a good one from what I've seen, at least from the trailer. Um, I, I also, I guess, on a side note, I couldn't find Cameron's letterbox thing. I'll figure that out later, <laughs> and then we'll update you on, on it next podcast. But that's me for what I've watched. Did you want to talk about uh, Queen and Slim? Um, I don't know. Do people want to watch that for a, a later podcast? Since you've seen it, Thomas, would you recommend it? I think it's pretty good. I, I 
intentionally watched it. I watched it, and then the night after, I watched Big Trouble in Little China because I kind of wanted to end off the double feature on like a little bit more of a, I guess like a, a happier note. Because um, I imagine that like before I watch this, like Queen of Stone is probably going to be a, a heavier story than Big Trouble in Little China, but I think it's I think it's all right. I didn't love it, but I feel like I said I've been a lot of movies. Like I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. But it's it's pretty good. I'd recommend it. Okay, let's think about it. We will uh, we'll rest on it. We'll see if we can maybe work that into another podcast. Okay. Okay. So moving on to Big Trouble in Little China. According to the Internet Movie Database, it is a film directed by some guy named John Carpenter. Um, it stars Kurt Russell, Kim Cattrall, uh, Dennis Dunn, a uh, bunch of other people, James Hong, Victor Wong. And uh, it is described as a rough-and-tumble trucker helps rescue his friend's fiancée from an ancient sorcerer in a supernatural battle beneath Chinatown. What did you guys think of Big Trouble in Little China? Okay, I'll go first. I love this movie with all of my ventricles. All of them. I think that it's it's super fun. I it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's a movie that could easily be so bad it's good, but it's not ironic because it embraces its goofiness and it's very creative and off the wall. And I love Kurt Russell. <laughs> I liked it. Today. I I. I think, I can't remember what, it, what I did, if, I, if it was like cheering or clapping or, or both, but like just when it started and like just hearing Kurt Russell talk and like seeing his name come up in the credits, I don't know, it was, it was a good time. I liked his hair in the movie. <laughs> it's an amazing mullet. I guess the question is, who has better hair, RJ McCready in The Thing or... Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China. They created all the way. <laughs> I would go Burton for hair. McCready's got a wicked beard, but uh, I think it's more the sombrero that makes McCready. Well, I, I, it's probably like beard and hair. Do beard and hair are those like like do those go together for McCready? Do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna go for Jack for McCready. Well then for Jack Burton, we have to bring in the, the tank top. The Chinatown yeah. tank top. And also his like his shoulders. He's got great shoulders. So Jack Burton we would have it would be the, the mullet in the, the Chinese tank top versus McCready with the sombrero and the the full on like Jesus look. I guess I'd go McCready. 
who would who would you rather have? Who would you rather like if you had to fight someone and you could have either McCready or Jack Burton with you? Who would you pick? McCready. <laughs> Jack Burton can't do anything right. <laughs> he just he stumbles <laughs> through. Let me see you see again. <laughs> Um, that actually, that leads me to, um, one of the things that I really like about Big Trump Little China is that you have Jack Burton, who's, if, if you trust the movie and the storytelling in the movie, he's the hero, but he's definitely not. He does nothing. He, it, it, he's not, like, it's kind of like he's the hero in his own mind, and the movie's showing us that, but in reality, he does next to nothing. He throws a knife once, and that's about it. Yeah, he kills. Is it? Is his name Young May? It's just the. Who's the guy at the end with all the? Who's the guy at the end? You mean um, Lopin? Yeah, Lopin. Yeah. I I like the callback to that. It's all about the reflexes. I like that. Yeah, that was good. He absolutely. Well, uh, anybody else? General responses? There are some people that we haven't heard from yet. I think you really liked this movie. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> I am so surprised and so happy. I surprised myself. I, okay, as soon as the guy, like, slowed down the lightning bolt. <laughs> Attention style in my body just like left the room. <laughs> it was just pure entertainment. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I enjoy it a lot. I feel like I need to rewatch it and hyper focus on the beginning because it, it went just way too fast for my brain to comprehend. It's kind of overly, overly plotted. The the connective tissue of the plot is either unnecessarily intricate or non-existent, and I'm not really sure why. Like we go from point A to B, and and the reason for going from point A to B, I'm not sure, really makes sense. Well, it does. I've seen enough times that I know why things happen. It just seems bizarrely structured. Yeah. Beverly. Um, I liked it. I feel like the first half, or not the first half, like the first bit up to like after the car leaves with the girl, I was really confused because everything was just happening really fast. And then there was the whole like alley fight scene that confused me even more. <laughs> so I was just like sitting there like, what? <laughs> um, so yeah, it was very absurd, but then once I was like, Accepting that in my brain, it was very enjoyable. Uh, Grayson? Uh, I liked it. I just, I feel like when I watched it, I wasn't in the right mood, so I didn't appreciate it as much. But I can definitely see it was very funny. Probably in a better mood, I would have loved it. Uh, 
Okay. And I don't think we... I, I know Sydney spoke a little, but I don't know if we got, like, a general response. Um, I loved it. I had a blast watching it. Um, I don't know why this movie really stuck out to me that was, like, watching the alley scene, actually. And, like, it goes on Kurt Russell, and his eyes are so, like, uncomfortably blue. Like, they're very... I don't know. That just really stuck out to me. That was really blue in that one scene. And it with me. I actually gotta say, I really love Buzz. He's a beautiful man. This is, this is like I agree. This is a great callback to like a podcast from when I was in grade ten that a previous member Emily pointed out that I think I think what she said was his eyes are the nicest blue. <laughs> she was one hundred percent correct. They are so, like they are so blue. Like they are so nice though. I uh, I forced my family to watch it, and uh, <laughs> we got about halfway through, and Tassie said, "I feel so embarrassed for you." <laughs> but the kids kind of dug it. I I think it. it you have to understand or, or get that it's it's not trying to be serious and it's trying to be goofy. Uh, but I I smiled, I think, from start to finish. It just made me feel so content and like everything was right with the world. He does have fun. Yeah. I, I took a picture of him from the thing. Pretty blue. The eyes, they're so blue in that scene. That's when I realized that this wasn't a serious movie. I was like, I was like just watching it, and I'm like, oh, this is this is a good movie. And then as soon as it hit the alley scene, I'm like, okay, this is this is good. I'm surprised you didn't clue in when you've got Jack Burton talking on the the radio. Giving his wisdom about paying his dues and eating a monster submarine sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> oh, monsters eating. He's drinking and driving, right? Did yeah. you see that at the end? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Good. But it's Jack Burton. He can do what he wants. Yeah. Um. The. He can do what he wants. There's the opening scene with Egg Shen and. Uh, I didn't find this out until later. The studio demanded that uh, Carpenter put a scene on the beginning because the studio didn't think that Jack Burton was heroic enough. And I think Carpenter's response was, uh, yeah, well, he's not really the hero, so he doesn't need to be. And they're like, well, we need something to highlight that. So they put that whole scene at the beginning with Egg Shen talking to the lawyer about how Jack Burton saved everyone. And... While I can see in retrospect that it kind of goes against the movie, I love how it sets it up. One, I, I love Egg Shen's character. He's such a neat-looking actor with his really straggly beard and, and his very expressive eyes. And when he holds up his hands and the lightning goes between his hands, I'm just, I love that scene. I think it sets off the movie in a really interesting tone. What do you think about the uh, Big Trouble in Little China like, theme song that's in the end credits? Uh, <laughs> that John Carpenter wrote? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think it's awful. Yeah, I wasn't... 
<laughs> but it works, I think. It's it's it's, it's campy. It's campy eighties. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even the font when uh, when the pork chop express. I love the name of the truck too. When it comes up the hill, and then you get the ghostly big trouble little China yeah. font fade in. That's pretty perfect too. Yeah. Uh, Beverly pointed out the the scene in the car where they they take um, the fiance uh, when she's in the trunk. That shot's scary. She's kind of like shoved in there, and her neck is at this really weird angle. I thought her neck was broken, but obviously not. Um, and it's like, and it's like, I feel like you can tell that they're actually driving because, like, you can. It feels very fast for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And they're probably actually driving, but who knows? Uh, what did you think about uh, any of the other than uh, Kurt Russell, which we could talk about ad nauseum? Uh, any of the other actors? Their performances. I when uh, when Wang is fighting with the uh, what is he the wind guy? It's just an epic moment. <laughs> that set at the end is incredible. Yeah. With um, and it, and it's it's definitely a product of the '80s, but all the neon lights, they kind of surround everything, makes it look like a comic book, and it's it's goofy but really compelling as well. Thomas, that could be a Lego set. Oh, I I buy it. <laughs> like that, like the final battle or whatever. Yeah, or or you could get uh. You get like maybe the Kurt Russell set where it would come with the Pork Chop Express. Yeah, I I probably I get that. I think I want the truck, but I like I I probably get all of them if <laughs> they made it. Are you talking about like the wedding era or like when they're in that room and looking at I was thinking the um like the big battle wedding set piece. Yeah. That has an escalator for some reason. <laughs> Um, that's the and uh, and yeah, and that's when uh, Jack Burton uh, fires the gun into the sky and knocks himself out. Is that the monsters? Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was shocking. When that first plane takes the radio, I was like, oh my god. And then we something was coming because like when you see the eyes poke through and they like blink it's this weird like it's not like a human blink like you can tell it's like a animatronic or like a puppet or something yeah but it's completely unnecessary like that's the, the movie is bonkers like it's just so out there and it's I don't know uh, Keaton kept on saying that it was like Star Wars and while I 
really resist that comparison. Um, it is kind of because you're just thrown in into this movie and you just have to kind of take everything as it happens. It's like, oh yeah, here's a guy riding a lightning bolt <laughs> and like weird creatures and all that. Yeah, and and they just they get thrown at you and it's you there's some pretty there's some pretty monstrous looking like less alien and more like monstrous looking characters in the cantina in like the first Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was like a Wolfman or something. Uh, I think it was all done by Rick Baker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Alice and Bugs in the Eyes is from that uh, cantina scene about uh, <laughs> the Lawless Man and uh, and them. Like the old kind of Yeah, yeah, yeah the kind of ones from the seventies. Uh, what did you guys think about the the eyeball sentinel? <laughs> Where? <laughs> its tongue was just like an eye socket with an eye on the end of it. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh... <laughs> I, I watched this one on Blu-ray, and I think it's the first time that I ever noticed that his nose, or its nose, is an eye as well. There's an oh, eye crammed yeah. in there, too. Um, and then there's the cool creature that uh, comes out of the tunnel and eats that one guy, and then Eggshine is like, You shall come out no more! And Jack Burton is like, What will come out no more? What? <laughs> there's, uh, I think, pretty interesting designs. Um, do you have a favorite uh, henchmen? I don't know if they're gods, but there's like thunder, wind, and lightning. No favorites? And apparently somebody needs a happy birthday? No? Okay. I... I think I like the wind guy the most. Was the one with the, with the long hair and the mutton chops? That's the wind guy. Yeah, I feel like other than the I feel like other than the guy who like like starts inflating at the end, the wind guy is probably the one I remember the most because of his mutton chops and his like really long hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the explosion of uh, of the thunder guy is a little little weird. And then he, he just seems to um he seems to like just sort of like blow up and it's like garbage that flies everywhere. Ooh. And there's a great part where uh, he's fighting Jack Burton and he stops just so he can destroy like a little lion. <laughs> That was funny. I thought that was. <laughs> this guy made it to stop, but he just. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Does he just like body chops it in half or something? Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch this. I'm gonna just not tell him what's coming. Yeah, I'm gonna just see it. Action. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's one of those movies where I, if you can't have fun watching it, there's something I think a little wrong. Maybe 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 you're having a really bad day, but it's just it's just it's joy yeah. for me. Um, any favorite scenes? Uh, 
to see it. sequence where Jack and Wang are uh, taken prisoner and they're it's like the hell of the upside down hell or I don't know upside down water t- I don't know what it was but like that part where they're kind of inside and, and you get a little building of the universe and then they get interrogated with the flying nerf balls and then there's uh, they're in the the wheelchairs and Jack Burton jumps on the guy's back and he starts to inflate and he falls off into the wheelchair and just goes backwards the entire way reaching for the walls. and the the riding the lightning and whatnot, I think the effects are fairly well done and they show a level of, I think, uh, love of the craft. Like Lil Pan, when you see him like start to transform and you get that kind of um, his head pulsing and there's the light inside of him, that looks really yeah. good. The one effect that I don't really like is when uh, when they're in the alleyway and the Porkchop Express goes after the um, the three storms and then Lopan is in the middle of the the alleyway and they they we're told that they go through him but you can clearly see the mannequin get hit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not so sure with that part. But other than that, I think it's uh, it's it's pretty good. That's what they are after that, though. Yeah. Yes, they do. Cameron, you have to say. Uh, the first time for that scene that you're talking about when they get captured, all I kept thinking was like, how are they holding my breath for so long under the water? Like, I cannot hold my breath, but like that. Nobody can just be in that much panic and swimming. That's all I can think about doing that thing. Yeah, I'm not sure I'll keep that in my life. I mean, that's a lot of ways in my life, but, uh, I don't know if it's that. And they snitch. But good luck. 
any nitpicks? fan of the, the damsel in distress trope. It kind of bugs me that the girls need to be rescued all the time. Mm. Yeah. But, something to love, um, the, um, what do the brides have to do? They have to, they have to survive the burning blade. That whole ceremony I thought was pretty fun where the, uh, the storms do their kata down the, the aisleway and then the girls are levitated by the swords until they have to touch a light so it lights up. This weird surreal kind of stuff. It is. It's it's pretty bonkers. Is any of this like based off like real mythology or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe the, cor- the curses and the stories. So maybe maybe it's weird and surreal to us, but. Maybe to other people who are more familiar with this, they're like, yeah, this is, I, I know all this stuff. Yeah, it's factual. Yeah. Based on a true story. This is not based on a true story. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you ever said based on a true story, then you watch the movie? <laughs> the guy writes down on the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, anything to add? Whenever I saw the, uh, the lightning god dude, um, I would always just think of my sister, because <laughs> my, <laughs> my sister's middle name is Raiden, which is, uh, the Czech Japanese thunder god, and I would just think that ZV would immediately make that relation. That's cool. Is, is, is Raiden a Mortal Kombat character too? Uh, yeah, Raiden is a Mortal Kombat character. Is there, is there a character? I feel like there's a character, I haven't played Mortal Kombat, but I think there's a character who has like a similar, like, uh, I'm just gonna call it a, a disc hat, I don't know if that's actually what it's called. It, yeah, that's, that's Raiden. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of like, that vibes from those, uh, from those, uh, three gods. Okay, letter grades. Okay, uh, not a surprise. I give this movie an A plus all around town. I, it's just fun, and I can't think of a lot of movies that are just a pleasure to watch like this one is. Thomas. Maybe I'm debating between an A and an A plus, but I really don't know if there's anything that I didn't like about it. So maybe I'll give it an A plus too. It was a fun. It was a fun time. It was goofy and over the top, and I think I'd have to watch it again. Well, it's kind of neat, also, to um, the the same guy that that wrote and directed this is the same guy that did Halloween and The Thing. That's really... Very different. Yeah. Yeah. 
about John Carpenter's horror movies, but, like, this is... Like, he could have had a career doing buddy comedies. Yeah. I, I, I thought... I thought that, um, uh, that, that when the one guy, like, inflates and explodes at the end, like, when his, like, when his head starts to, like, like, the like, the bladders and stuff that are, like, pushing his, like... see that connection I like the detail that there's steam coming out of his nose just before he pops <laughs> yeah it's just so mad at that point that he was just like he was just like letting himself like expand and not and not like stopping I guess <laughs> that was weird who knows Cameron how would you Great it. I'm going to give it an A. It's just a really good movie. <laughs> Beverly? Um, I would say probably a maybe an A plus because just like as a first experience not knowing anything, it was very pleasantly surprising. I do suggest that this, at least for me, it rewards multiple viewings. I think it gets better. Jack Burton gets funnier and stupider the more you watch it, but he's always kind of endearing. And uh, he's got great one-liners. Um, Grayson. Um, I guess I'd give it a night, too. I found that fun uplifting. Ah. Uh, you know, Jack always says. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that we <were> doing Yeah. <laughs> uh, Parker. I would give it uh, an A minus. I liked it a lot. It was good. It was fun to watch. Um, it's not one of my favorite movies ever, but it was, I, I enjoyed it, and I would probably like to watch it again at some point. I think, I think I'd maybe lower mine down to an A. Very <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's maybe a little bit more, more of a, a better rating for me. But just still very high praise. <laughs> Did you get caught up? <laughs> you got caught up in, in like, the, the enthusiasm? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then you start to regret uh, Yeah, I still really liked it. I still really liked it, but I think it's it's going to be an A. Okay. Like, I didn't, like... Well, no, I, I, did, I did love quite a bit of it, but I didn't, like, die hard love every single second of it, but it was pretty close. So, it's an A for me. Kewen? I think um, it's bordering on an 
definitely an A minus for me. I think if I would have watched it again, I would keep it at a solid A. But it's just I got like such a feeling of whiplash at the start. Um, it was hard for me to process what was going on for a bit. So I think if I would have watched it again and kind of uh, put more effort into figuring out what they're talking about and such, I would be able to enjoy it a lot more. That is not that that's like the movie's fault. I think that was just me not being able to register it fast enough. So. Okay, I think we uh, blew past Sydney. I'm sorry. Uh, Um, I'm going to give it an A. Um, I mean, it wasn't a perfect movie, but because I just had so much fun watching it, anything that, like, I would have usually found to be a problem with a movie like this, it didn't matter. Yeah, I I think that's true. I, I don't know, what do they do that's so right that you can forgive problems with the plot. Like, I feel like usually I'm like the other like, oh the damsel in distress thing wasn't my favorite. I feel like I would usually like talk about that, but I didn't even care. I was having so much fun. I didn't care about any of that stuff. I was just along for the experience and it was an experience and it delivered. Do you think it's because they were having fun when they made it? I think I mean they definitely tell that they were enjoying themselves. Yeah. I don't think you can tell that, like, they're not it's a goofy movie, and, like, they're not taking it seriously, but at the same time, like, that's also, like, what Kurt Russell is doing. Like, it's so, I don't even know. I think it's the, like, goofy seriousness. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. Kurt Russell is just crazy. Well, it, it's kind of fun, too, that he's doing the entire movie doing an impersonation of John Wayne. So it's, it's, it's kind of like Jack Sparrow, um, where it's like, hey, I will do this pirate movie, but I want to play it like a drunken uh, Keith Richards. Well, I guess that would just be Keith Richards, but where Kurt Russell is like, I'll do this movie, but I want to play it as John Wayne, which is just kind of fun. Okay, so uh, I think that's pretty much it for today uh, unless somebody has something they'd like to offer can we do a thermometer and uh, and uh, and then the database uh, we can do the thermometer uh, but I looked up on uh, movieguide.org it is not there is movieguide the one? yeah that's the stream of consciousness doesn't make any sense train smashes through blocks of ice one, but um, they punch just the blocks of ice. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> does anybody want to guess the? Yeah. Does anybody want to guess uh, the score on the thermometer? Twenty-six. Forty. I'm gonna say eight. I'm gonna say eighty-six. Okay. Eighty-seven. Currently, uh, Wait, on, okay. everybody guess? Did everybody guess? I have no idea. Wanted to guess? I think everybody that wanted to guess guessed. Okay. 
so the uh, thermometer, it's 78% uh, from the critics, um, and the consensus is brimming with energy and packed with humor. Big Trouble in Little China distills kung fu B-movies as affectionately as it subverts them. And then the audience score is a little bit higher at 82. That's a lot higher than I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes tends to be one of the contentious ones. I really thought they were going to, like, yeah, yeah, drag this movie down the right. Wait, it sounds like they, they looked at it uh, how it was intended. All right. So, um, we will be hopefully meeting, uh, not this next week, but the week following. Uh, I'll uh, try to curate a couple flicks if anybody has any suggestions of anything that uh, might be streaming that we could give a peek at. Let me know. I was looking at, uh, I think the whaling is on Netflix if we wanted to find another. That's a, I think that's a Korean movie. I also have Parasite coming in the mail, so I'd be open to watching that one again. I'd be open to doing Parasite. Um, and I think the whaling is also on Prime. Yeah. Yeah, I had to borrow my friend's Disney Plus. Oh. Because I didn't have that. So. Okay. She's probably it. I am that friend. Well, I'm happy you got to watch it. Um, I think the whaling is pretty long too. I've never heard of that. Uh, we've been talking about the. I'm kind of going in like the roots of like horror again, but we've talked about watching the Baba Dukes and Great Nine. That is a great movie too. I, I wouldn't mind checking that one out. I'm not where. Do you know where it is? Where we can find it? I'm not sure. I could check Prime. Okay. And I can send you an email later. Okay. We'll see. Um. Yeah, okay. We'll figure it out. Anyways, this is a conversation that we can have uh, not while we're recording and hurting people. So, uh, that's it uh, for us, I think. Uh, if you joined us, thanks. Yeah. Have a nice one, day, listeners.